Good afternoon. Good evening, New Hope Community Church and friends. If we can all make our way back to our seats so we can step into the presence of God tonight. How many of you guys are excited to be here and to just gain what he has for us tonight? So, as some of you guys know, we are cutting back our Friday services to one service once a month to kind of give ourselves a little relaxation, deeply, you know what I mean, just to kind of get us back into a groove, get us back into just feeling things and allow us to just receive and not keep pushing and pushing and pushing. We want to give you guys everything we got, but we also need time to rest and relax and just get poured into, right? So we're going to go to one, once a month, every month, the first of the month of every month, for now until God says change it. So with that said, if we can all stand up and we can all just step into the presence of God, I really feel like God has a God has something going for everybody tonight. I just feel like God has something going on for somebody tonight. And I feel like God is just really wanting to just pour into somebody tonight. And I'm just going to ask the Lord to just empty us, right? Ask the Lord to just, that we could come empty and, re and we can receive what he wants for us today. So dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time together, Lord. And I ask that you just empty us right now, Father. Empty us, Lord. So we can gain what you have for us. Father, we realize that we are nothing without you, Lord. So, Lord, build us up, fill us up with your love and your grace so that we can change and conquer the world. Father, give us the grace upon our lives so that we can continue to walk in your love. Lord, I thank you just for allowing us to be here and allowing us just to be together, worship together, fellowship together, hang out together, Lord. Just being able to just, to just, be together and just pour out together, Lord. So, Father, thank you for this service and I ask that you just fill us up. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is amazing grace, Father. the power of sin and darkness who love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leave us breathless and all in
We want to receive all that you have for us today.
this is mine.
it says that rain came and wind blew, but my house was built on you. There's been times in our lives when we've just been covered by storm, when we, cut, when we were just covered by just hurt, when we were covered by pain, but our house is built on the Lord. As long as we keep our foundation steady on our Father, He will get us through it. He won't fail. He won't keep us in those storms. He won't keep us in those trials. As long as we keep our foundation firm with Him, we will be safe, right?
of the tabernacle. I don't know if uh, we fully entered into that place, but the holy moment. We can just take a moment, just begin to just pray to ourselves, seek the Lord while it be found. Let's just call on Him, just thank Him for His presence right now. Lord, we ask for more right now. More. We ask for more, Lord. You said when we ask, we will receive. So we come in faith right now. We ask for more of you now. Lord, as we lift our hands to you, may you fill us, God. You know everything in our hearts. You know every worry. You know every fear. You know every doubt. You know every stronghold that needs dismantling. Lord, you know how thankful we are for you. We need help, Lord. Help us to not be mute. Lord, help us to not be silent, to not ask for the things that we need, to not seek for the things that we need to find, to not knock for the doors that we need opened in our lives, Lord. We ask, God, that you would just bring an opening right now, God, the things that we need opened in our lives. May we ask, may we get the yes, may we get the amen, May we get the answer in this place, Lord. Increase our faith. We are hungry, Lord. Just wait on your presence. We wait on your presence. We don't want to tarry here. We want to tarry. We want to wait for you, God. We want to do church without you. We don't want to do church without you. Lord, we need an anointing in this place. We need an anointing, God anointing for the word, that it can move in power. We need an anointing over our worship, Lord. We need an anointing in our families. We need your presence. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. If we don't feel easy in life, there's something wrong. Lord, yoke us to you. Let us be yoked to you, God. We want your burden. We want your heart. We want your eyes. One more of you, God. We want more of you, God. We want to wake up our souls. We want to wake up our souls. Just take a moment. Take a moment. I'm gonna take a moment for you, Lord. together, Lord, and I ask that you just continue to just bless us during this service, Father, continue to just fill us up with your love during this service, Lord. 
Father, I ask that you just allow us to release whatever we're holding on right now, Lord. Let us release it so that we can receive you. Let us release it so that we can feel you. Father, I just thank you, I thank you, I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. the ground is sinking sand. Song Christ is solid, rock we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. As long as we build our life, we'll build
is the solid rock we stand all other
gives you guys each a specific word for your life. And I'm like looking at them like, no, I'm not. Like really, like I'm about like taking up the offering and go to lunch. Like that, that was the plan, right? And, uh, and, and I just kind of just dwelt on this thought. But, you know, because like the hold on the anointing, those people came up and I mean, I didn't have anything. You know, I was just like, Before. 
people depended on those prophets to be the mouthpiece of God. They didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of them. They, they only had, and so that why, that's why it was so important that they had a prophetic voice in Israel because that's literally how they heard from God. But in the New Covenant, and now the Spirit has been poured out on all flesh, and one of the signs of a Spirit-filled church is that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. So because we have the Holy Spirit in us, then that means that really we can all prophesy because that's a gift of the Spirit. And all spiritual gifts are given for the benefit of the church, right? That, that was from 1 Corinthians 12, kind of the basis that the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the profit of all. So it's not to just glorify a person. Wow, look how great they are. They, they hear from the Lord. No, it's, it's, it's to strengthen the work of the overall church. Right? Praying in my prayer language, praying in tongues, you know, that, that builds up the spirit man within me. But the gift of prophecy is considered greater because it builds up the entire church. So that's why it's greater because it's not just about you. It's about everyone else. Uh, you see this gift in Acts chapter 13, 1 through 4. And I'm just going to read it really quick. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It should be back on the, uh, I think I have it on the, uh, in the slides. But Acts 13, 1 through 4. It says, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and they sent them away. So these men were all together. They were praying, and they were fasting. And then it says, The Holy Spirit said. Right? We all catch that part. Verse 2 where it says the Holy Spirit said. And it doesn't say how the Holy Spirit said, but, but we can assume, because God works through people, that there was a word that was spoken by one of the men who was praying fasting in that group. And after that word was spoken, they continued in prayer and fasting to see if it was the Lord. Then after that, they prayed for them, and then they sent them out. So the church was built up, and it was expanded by a prophetic word. There, the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit spoke to somebody, then they spoke what the Holy Spirit said, and it was used to, to build up the church. Now we got to understand that there's a difference between the gift of prophecy, which every believer is called to do, and somebody being called by God into the office of a prophet. They, they work a little bit different. Like, all the callings of the fivefold ministry prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, you know, these, uh, if you're called into that ministry, you're called by God, and then that calling is affirmed by men. That's the way that it works. And a true prophet will be part of a church, and it will be under uh, the authority of spiritual leadership. They're not just lone wolves that are out there by themselves, but they know how to operate as part of a ministry. Their calling is to equip.
So for the rest of our time, I want to, because I could spend a lot of time talking about that, but for the rest of the time, I want to just focus on the simple gift of prophecy, because that's where most of us will be used. Just understand that there can, there's a difference between the two. Just because you operate in the gift of prophecy doesn't mean that you're a prophet, right? And, and, and a prophet may operate a little bit differently than the gift of prophecy. So as long as you understand that, we're good. Um, and we're to desire this gift of prophecy, so if we're like, nah, I don't care, I don't really want that, then we're not doing what is in line with the word, right? Prophetic words are intended to be a regular part of church life. And so let me look at, at, at another aspect of, of prophecy. Prophecy edifies, encourages, and comforts. That's 1 Corinthians 14.3. It says, he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So we have three aspects of what would be a word of prophecy when the gift is um, operated. Number one, it's to edify. is to correct people in the body of Christ. You know what? I'm going I'm to straighten everybody out. You know, I'm going to tell everybody that they're wrong. I'm going to tell everybody that, you know, that, that, that they're living foul, that they need to get on track, right? They, they, they think that that's the main uh, way that, that prophecy works, but New Testament prophecy encourages and builds up people. It doesn't condemn people. It doesn't speak negatively to people. And we should never allow people that are ministering in the gift of prophecy to speak negatively into the lives of other people. The goal of the gift of prophecy is to bring the best out of people, not to beat them down. Right? God isn't trying to condemn you or beat you down. He wants to build you up, and prophetic words should model that. Faith works through love. Faith works through love. So love doesn't want to tear people down. Amen. And, but what happens if you're beginning to minister to somebody? 
because this can happen. And God begins to show you negative things about the person's life. What do you do about that? So God's showing you some things that maybe you wouldn't normally know. But, you know, that the goal of the prophetic word is to encourage, to build up, right, to strengthen somebody. What you do is you ask the Holy Spirit to give you an answer to the problem that you've discerned. And then when you give the prophetic word, it's an answer to the problem so it can build the person up. Let's just give a quick example. Let's say that you're ministering to somebody and God shows you that they're struggling with pornography, right? So they're up there and you're like, you're there and you're like, wow, God showed me they're addicted to porn. So do you say, well, brother, you know you're addicted to porn, you're a dirty pervert, you need to quit, you need to sit down or you're going to hell. Is that a prophetic word? No. What if you would, what if you would just say to them, just say, you know, brother, God's got an amazing calling on your life, but for you to get to that calling, God's going to call you to a new level of purity and holiness. You see the difference there? You're using the prophetic word to build somebody up, not to just condemn them. I remember uh, there was this small church that was, uh, it's out in Ohio, and um, one of my friends used to really like going there, but, you know, he was tough. He was kind of legalistic. Every message was about hell, and, I mean, it was just, he was just a tough tough preacher, um, and, you know, <laughs> this guy goes up, and he goes up for prayer, and, uh, you know, he goes up to the altar, and the pastor's like, what's going on, brother? And he's like, I'm struggling with lust. He's like, what? I'm struggling with lust, and he's like trying to say it real quiet, because he don't want anybody in the church to hear him. Pastor's like, the brother's struggling with lust. Let's all pray for him. Meanwhile, like his wife and his kids are like sitting there, like his wife is just like glaring at him. It's like, what are you doing, you know? Like, what are you doing to people? Like, that's, that's not the way that it should work. That's not the way that, that the body of Christ should work. And um, so it should build people up, not tear people down. It should give people solutions to problems. It should bring out the best out of people, and it always works by love. And, and to discern prophecy properly, it needs to be judged. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 29 says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Because in a lot of places, they don't even want prophecy to be in their church because there is a potential for it to be abused. And however, the Bible tells us to not despise prophecies, but to test all things and to hold fast to what is good. That's why it's so important for somebody who has a prophetic gift to be plugged into a church. Because if they're plugged into a church and they're in submission to spiritual leadership, that gift can kind of be corrected and, and, and molded so that it's proper. But a lot of times... People who operate in the prophetic, they don't like to be corrected. They don't like when you tell them, you know what, that's not of the Lord. You need to go back and pray about it. 
But there's a lot of things that pass for the prophetic, but instead it's pathetic. One person paying attention in the house today. But listen, how many supposed prophets prophesied that Donald Trump was definitely going to be president? There were people that, like, I respected that would say, I put my entire reputation on the fact that Donald Trump will be in there January 20th. Like, and, and I don't know what happened. I mean, these were people that were respected. These are people that we would read their books about how to operate in the prophetic. But guess what? Every single one of them missed it. I, I know somebody now. They said, you know what? They said, if... If Donald Trump's not in office, I'm going to quit ministry. Well, they still didn't quit ministry because they're still telling me that, you know, well, just wait. You know, there's going to be martial law. They're coming to get them. You know, they're going to arrest everybody. It's going to be a big sting operation. They're going to arrest everybody, and they're going to put Trump back in office. It's like, at what point do you just say, you know what, I missed it. I missed it. Because we do see through a glass darkly. And, you know, we see in part, we prophesy in part. And, you know, in the Old Testament, they would kill you if you, you know, if you prophesied the wrong thing and it didn't come true. They would stone you. Well, obviously, you know, we're not in the business of, you know, killing people because they gave a wrong prophetic word. And, and also, you know, we want people to be able, how do you step out and be able to exercise your gift and, you know, in the beginning, you know, you might not hear totally clearly. And so you're stepping out on faith and you're believing God and, and things like that. And so what happens is that you allow the gift to flow, but you trust in the fact that other people can judge whether that's from the Lord. And, you know, you got to learn to be able to take criticism if everybody that you trust and everybody that you know says, you know what, that's not of the Lord. Like, you should probably listen. First John tells us not to believe every spirit, but to test the spirits whether they're of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And, and they're real prophets, there's real prophetic gifts, but there's also false prophets out there. And there are people who literally prophesy not through the Holy Spirit, but through another spirit, through divination. And that happens. And we're not to shut down prophecy in our churches. But instead, we're to be wise and we're to test it. That's why, you know, I started off by saying that, you know, you should feel a weight when you say, hey, this is what God showed me. Because that's really not something to take lightly. If you're saying that you're speaking from God, make sure it's not from God. Because some people don't know how to discern between the voice of the spirit and their emotions they they don't know that's why it says the word of god is able to to cut through the sword and the or, or the soul and the spirit because in the soul you can prophesy your own desires that's what happens with the presidential election they wanted they wanted trump to be president so bad that they they thought it was the lord and then once a couple other people started saying it they started parroting it but they weren't hearing from the Holy Spirit, they were, they were prophesying out of their own desires. And people can do that sometime. So let's look at a couple 
different tests that we can test prophecy. First of all, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits, right? In Matthew 7, he says this. He said that they're, they're false prophets that have gone out in the world. They're wolves in sheep's clothing, but you'll know them by their fruits, So listen, no one is perfect. Understand that. If you get close enough to somebody, you're always going to be able to find a flaw in their life. But as a general rule, is this somebody whose life matches up with being a Christian? Is this somebody that has good fruit in their life? Because if not, you can already say that it's on shaky ground. Because how are they going to hear from God if they're not even willing to live for God? So that's the first thing, Uh, you know, what's the source? You'll judge them by their fruits. Number two, does it glorify Jesus? Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will glorify me. This isn't something that would glorify themselves. It would glorify Jesus. Does Does the prophecy, is it something that glorifies Jesus? Number three, should be an easy one. Does it agree with Scripture? Does it agree with Scripture? Right? There's not a level of prophecy in the New Covenant that is equal or greater than Scripture. That's why we can, you know, if you ever have taken the, wasted your time by like talking to one of these Mormon missionary kids that, you know, gets sent here to Ambridge and walks around in that white shirt buttoned up to his, uh, neck with the, the, the little name tag, you know, they'll, they'll tell you that, you know, that Joseph Smith was a prophet, and so he was given, you know, the Book of Mormon and all this other stuff, and it's just a bunch of hogwash and a bunch of crap. Prophecy needs to agree with Scripture. If it does not agree with Scripture, then it's not of God. God is not going to give you a word that's going to contradict the Bible, period. Just not. Number one, and number four, do they have a, does their prophecy actually become true? Did it actually become, did it come true? Did they prophesy, do they constantly prophesy things that are going to happen that don't happen? If they have a track record of prophesying things that do not happen, they probably don't, don't know how to hear from the Lord. And again, in the Old Testament, they stoned false prophets, you know. So if you were speaking from the Lord, you you better make sure that it was the Lord. Number five, does the prophecy produce liberty or does it produce bondage? The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. When I talk about that, it produces bondage. Bondage is basically like, if you don't do what I say. You know, it's like a manipulation. If you don't do what I say, then God is going to pull his anointing off of you. Thus says the Lord. I mean, I've gotten those, I've gotten those prophetic words. And the Bible says that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So if you get something that kind of, I remember one time we were in a prayer meeting and, you know, dude got up and just started, I I got a prophetic word. 
God is about to divide this church. He's going to split the church. He's going to bring a sword to this church. He's doing a cleansing in his house. And, and he's like, like he's swinging like a big sword. He's like just, just, and we're just all sitting there like, what is this guy doing? And as soon as he began to give this prophecy, it was just a spirit of fear like floated into the room. It was like everybody was in there, like, and it puts you in this really weird place because you're like, you know, and finally I just told him, I said, you know what? I said, you're out of order. That's not of God. I said, as soon as you began speaking that, it just began bringing fear into the room. And everybody else in there, they were kind of like a little scared to say anything. You know, because it's a weird thing. If somebody says like, hey, this is what God is saying, Especially when they're that into it, man. I mean, he was into it. He had the big two-handed sword, you know, the imaginary two-handed sword and was swinging it around the room, you know. But he was just out to lunch, you know. And, I mean, I had to tell him, like, you know, you're, God's not going to give you a word that's going to make you be in fear. You know, God's not going to give you a word that, you know, if you don't do this. And, and that's what I had to learn as a young pastor coming into a spirit-filled movement and a lot of different personalities coming to the church, you have to understand that some people will try to manipulate you through the prophetic word. They will say, hey, you know, God told me you need to do this. Well, guess what? God's got to tell me too. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. And that's, that's the other thing. Does it agree with your spirit? This is what you have to understand, that everybody is saved. Like, you guys all have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And we get into this weird place where we kind of, like, separate ourselves in the church to these, like, few, like, kind of spiritual giants. And then if they say something to us, then we feel like we're not able to discern it. If you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, I mean, almost immediately, you'll, you'll get a feeling that, you know what, this is... This is the Lord, or it's not of the Lord. And for the most part, the thing that the prophetic word is going to speak to you is something that God already spoke to you, and it's going to confirm that thing in your spirit. You know, somebody might walk up to you, and they might say, well, you know, you're being called to go to the mission field in Brazil. Go home and pack your bags, thus saith the Lord. And you're sitting there like, I don't know, God didn't speak to me about being a missionary. God didn't speak to me to go to Brazil. You know, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Trust the Holy Spirit that's in you. God can speak to you. You can hear God's voice. You don't need somebody, you don't need a middleman. Yes, somebody can be used to encourage you to confirm something because sometimes there's things in our life that like we just don't know we don't know which way to go or or we have a big choice coming up and somebody can come up and just begin speaking those things exactly what you're thinking exactly what you're going through you know what this is the lord this is what the lord told me and and, and it confirms something in you so by the mouth of two or three witnesses the thing is confirmed and then you can march forward with what god told you in confidence and that's really how, for the most part, that the, the, the gift of prophecy operates in people's life. And sometimes there may be a word that somebody will speak to you. And, you know, if, if you know that they love the Lord and that, you know, they've been accurate with the prophetic words that they've given, but it's like something that, you know, 
just, just put it on the shelf and pray for it. I mean, it is possible that it could be for something in the future, but don't allow, you, don't allow yourself to be pushed into something that you don't want to do because somebody gave you a prophetic word and said that God spoke to them to do something. You pray about it. Okay, Lord, you know what? This person said that I'm supposed to do this or I'm supposed to go and be a missionary in Brazil. And you get in your secret place and you get alone with the Lord and you ask the Lord to speak to you and confirm that thing. And the Lord will either confirm it or guess what? They'll be totally off. You can't be in this place. And that's why I said that the word, it, does it produce liberty or does it produce bondage? Because you can get into this place where the prophetic word speaks to you and somebody speaks to you a prophetic word. And, you, and, and if you don't act on it right now, then you're going to miss the thing that God wants to do for you. And that's just pulling you into bondage. That's not freedom. Freedom is, hey, this is what the Lord is showing me. You pray about it. And then you leave it at that. Because if I'm speaking, if I'm speaking a word of the Lord, like I've done my part to be faithful, to give you what God told me. It's your part to discern it, to receive it, to submit it to other people. Remember that it says that let a prophet speak and let two or three others judge. So it's okay to get that confirmation from other people. That's why you have a church. That's why you have spiritual leadership. That's why you have people in your life that you trust that you can submit these things to. Imagine if every one of us could hear clearly from the Lord. Imagine if we knew what the Lord wanted to do in other people's lives. If we could flow as a church in that, in that prophetic realm and, and that every one of us could flow in this, in this gift of prophecy. And imagine if we knew and, and we had in our heart and we didn't put up with false prophets and we didn't put up with the kind of wacky stuff that we were able to, to, to divide that. How powerful would the church be? It would be really powerful to, to be able to get this prophecy from the word of God to, that builds up the church to test it and to hold fast what is good. And, um, I, you know, I think about the time where, you know, I, I had this prophetic activation in my life. And so I want to do something now, and it's going to kind of pull you guys out of your comfort zone. I don't, Trey, if you want to come up and maybe do a, some, something a little light on the keyboard, I want you to just look around and just kind of find maybe group, like get, get together with a group of like four or five. I know you guys are all spread out. And just for a couple minutes, I just want you guys to get together and just pray and just see if you begin to get a prophetic word for that person. See if God shows you something. I, I went through an exercise with this uh, before um, and I, I thought the guy was a little bit crazy, but we had to just get with partners like one-on-one. -on -one, and he just said, you know, that he was going to pray. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray that there, there's a, a spirit of prophecy that kind of goes through this room. And I want to give you that opportunity. And don't be afraid to step out at this point. Like this is how you learn. I just want to take just, just a couple minutes. We're not going to stay here all night unless God leads us that way. But I just want, just go ahead and just 
make, make some moves, go into, break into like little groups and just begin to pray and just ask the Lord. Holy Spirit, I just pray. I just pray for a gift of prophecy to be released in each and every person. I pray that there would be a spirit of prophecy that would flow through this room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us. Thank you, Lord. Prophesy, prophesy man of God, prophesy woman of God. Thank you, Jesus. with boldness. Speak with boldness. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young man will see visions. Your old man will dream dreams. I feel the wind of the Spirit. I feel the wind of the Spirit right now. Right now. There's gifts operating in somebody's life. They didn't know it was there. They didn't know it was there. They didn't know it was there.
Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Can't walk on water if you don't want to get wet. Get out the boat. We're stirring it up. Stirring it up. Stirring it up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just give it a couple more minutes. Do it one time, you'll be able to tap into it all the time. Hear that still, small voice. Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and pray. And you guys can stay exactly where you are. Don't You don't have to rush this moment. You can stop when the Holy Spirit's done. But I, I just don't want to kind of have a bookmark to this. So as long as you need to stay, you can stay. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lord, I pray you'd bless brothers and sisters here. You take them to new heights, new levels, new dimensions. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody here, God used you in a new way that he never used you in before? Anybody? Nobody? Somebody just raise your hand, make me feel good. All right, there we go. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Praise God. Ken's there. Amen. Amen. Hey, you guys go out. Have a blessed night. Um, 
Make sure you come on Sunday, church picnic. It's going to be a good time in the Lord. Love you guys. You want to go ahead and just bump up the lights for me, Aiden, please? Thank you.